Maha Malik, thank you so much for coming on the Building Bridges podcast. And yeah, this is happening now. <laughs> You're so excited about this. I love so it. Excited. I love Lovely. talking, guys. I could talk for hours. Yeah, it's concerning. Both of us really like talking. That's why people tell us to shut the hell up. Yeah. You know, you know, we don't listen all the time. We don't. So I think the reason I always wanted to get you on was one thing is we vibe really well. And that was quite obvious within the first two times we met, even though you don't remember the first time we met, which was interesting. I do. It was a lot yeah, I'm kidding. Um, so, yeah, what's been up with you? How have you been besides the restriction? But... I'm just bored. Bored and at home all day. And I'm so jealous because I watch you guys' stories because all of you guys are in downtown and I'm all the way in freaking Etobicoke and there's just, there's nothing to do here. It's very boring. Yeah. yeah, but I'm gonna move home soon, so that's good. Back to yes. Pittman. That back, oh, yeah, you're Pittman. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so that that's nice. I can't wait for that. Um, so I, th- I think that's what uh, I find uh, interesting, especially when when we started talking. Was initially okay. I'll tell you first. I think we can uh, get into this. I didn't think you were Indian. Like the first time I saw you. I, I genuinely didn't think you were Indian. I thought you were like Middle Eastern. Because okay. I, I remember I was, so I remember I showed my mom a picture. Okay, this is a picture of my friends. She's like, who's that? Mm-hmm. That's my mom. She's like, is she? I'm not like, hey, she's Indian, you know, but she grew up here. And she's like, she's Indian? I'm like, yeah, why are you so sorry? She's like, she's Middle Eastern completely. The recent picture that you posted on Instagram was when my mom like loves you for some reason. Oh. <laughs> and um, she's like, she's, she's very good features because she also light eyes. And she like you, you can easily pass up as any Middle Eastern. Easily, yeah. easily. I've gotten that a few times. I get very conflicting answers. Like some people are like, I immediately knew you're Indian. And some people are like, yeah, I couldn't tell. So I don't, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. Nah, I, I don't think Indian would be the first catch for a lot of people. Really? Oh, no, a lot. I trust me, a lot of people do think I'm Indian. Yeah. Sometimes people will say I look white, like I've gotten that, and I'm like, from what angle no, do I look? No, 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 it's very Sorry. disrespectful, first of all. And yeah. you know why? You know why people think like a lot of women of color look white? It's because of people like Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian who yes. are white, but they like tan their skin and like have dark hair and stuff like that. So now actual women of color are being mistaken as white people because they've blurred that line. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Damn, damn. All right, let's get to this. First impressions. And I really love first impressions because you can you can't really get the full picture, but you can at least get like a sneak peek as to you know how this person is, what's the person like. Yeah. And let's be honest with you. What were your first impressions when you met this <laughs> this individual? Okay, I'm not gonna lie. For some reason, the night we met is such a blur. Right, that whole month, I swear. Okay, I got COVID, so I think I have like COVID brain fog, and I can't remember any of my life anymore. But what I remember is us on the subway, like on the way back, and you were like playing a bunch of music, and yeah. I loved your music taste. Like you have such good music taste, and I was like, oh my god! And we were just like vibing on the subway together and like listening to Indian songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's so much fun. Like I want to be his friend, and I think you told me you're business management major yeah, yeah yeah so I also thought you were like smart and you were talking about how you're like in these clubs and stuff like that I'm like okay he's smart and I thought you were funny yeah thank you so much and don't worry I wasn't trying to hit on you 
that's funny. <laughs> um, so I th- and that's another thing is like me being nice can unfortunately be in- in- interpreted as like trying to hit on someone or trying to flirt with someone, which unknowingly I don't, and unknowingly apparently I do a lot, which I don't, that's not my initial, and that's yeah. not something that I go for. And so that's how I get, like, it's been pretty interesting, the responses that you get later, when you're, when you're just nice to people, and they're like, they're really nice to you then. And I'm like, okay, relax, time. <laughs> but nah, I, 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 I find that interesting. And I also, your music is also amazing. Clearly, we saw the night, you know, last day, we were, we went like driving around in your car. Yeah. That was such, that was such, that was such a good day. Yeah. So also, uh, we, I want to talk about one thing, your stories. Oh wait, hold on. What was your first impression of me? Ah, okay. I thought I could escape. Relax. My first impression of you. Hmm. This was in the bowling day, I think, that we met. And so initially, I didn't really have too much communication with you. It's only yeah. when we sat down in the bowling place and that's when you met. And that we were on separate ones. We yeah. weren't on the same one. I think the first time I actually like had a proper conversation was when I ate your food. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you gave it to me, and me being the dustman that I am, I'm like, let's go for it. And that's, that's a huge part of our relationship: you eating my food. <laughs> yes, it is. Surprisingly, it is. Like, it's kind of concerning yeah. how. Much it is. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much like ninety percent of relationship, just me eating her food. Mm-hmm. Like, she can't finish it. I'm like, okay, I'll eat it. <laughs> so, with me, when we start talking, one thing I realized was you love talking. And second, if you can hold a conversation. And for me, that's the first gauge to at least friendship. Or for me, I want to kind of like, again, associate myself with that. Mm-hmm. And like, because it's not that I don't otherwise, but it's difficult when you can't hold a proper conversation for like more than three, four minutes. And yeah. nothing is eye contact. Eye contact is huge for me. So like the fact you had good eye contact and yeah, yeah eye contact and um, holding a conversation and the best thing is you we can talk about a multiple things. We can talk about some we can talk about deep things, but as well that we can just talk about like mess around this, that. Yeah. So the variety of conversation that we have, which is I really, really, I really respected you for that. And that's why here we are. You probably know too much about me, to be honest. <laughs> mm. Just a little bit. Also, can I just say thank you for not saying anything physical? Like you didn't say your eyes. You said something oh. so yeah. Oh no. Oh sure. Happy. Now you're more than that. Relaxed. You're more than. Uh, of course. I mean, to be honest, like, I mean, of course, your eyes are striking. That's the first thing which I can see. But that you must have got that a thousand times. To be honest, it gets a little bit bold. I mean, a little bit boring. Yeah. Yeah. That's. No, I'm not. I'm very. I'm not physical at all, unfortunately. I I noticed. I like that. Which has raised some suspicions between my two friends. You know who. They're like, I remember they start talking to me. They're like, do you not like anyone? Like, we've not heard anything about you. Like, we've heard about everyone else's. But uh-huh. they've never heard anything about me if, like, if I like someone or not. Which, they're like, do you like someone? <laughs> I'm like, do I? That's the question. Unfortunately, not yet. Not yet. That's not embarrassing at all, no? Okay. Why should why should be embarrassing? No, I'm not. I'm not. If you know me, I'm not that easily embarrassed. And I and I've dressed. Okay, no, we'll actually come to that. We'll come to the part, the Christmas well, party. That is fascinating. Mm-hmm. 
like let's just say the first time I met your sister and and your your mom, it was a very interesting way <laughs> I met them. <laughs> um, so why? Okay, I want to ask you this: Why do you actually want to come on the podcast? I know we love talking, and you're both <laughs> that's fame to be honest. But <laughs> besides that, what actually kind of drew you to this podcast? Okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very honest. I'm a, I was a little bit scared. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, what if I mess up or if I stutter? Because I'm not that well-spoken. Like, I, I stutter a lot and I, like, mess up a lot. And I was really scared. And I was like, Maham, you got to do things you're scared of. Otherwise, you'll never get over it, right? Yeah. So that's also why I was like, I just want to do things that I'm terrified of. And eventually, it won't be terrifying anymore. Thank you. Thank you. We love that, Ennis. We yeah. love that. So this... And it's like the way I started this was very similar and I'll tell you how I kind of like started this podcast yeah. so before the podcast actually I used to do Instagram live series on mental health oh. and going live is like I was unimaginable to me two years back or even a year and a half back yeah, yeah. so when the first uh, when the first lockdown started after that I wasn't feeling very good I wanted to kind of talk about mental health mm-hmm. but just talking about your mental health gets really boring and like it's just sharing TMI at times yeah. So, um, and especially sharing on a public platform like Instagram. So I started getting like my people from my school or my grade or like all people back in my past in Dubai. So I started doing Instagram lives uh, with them. And people really liked that. People really enjoyed that, the fact that I was asking them about mental health, but in a very crafty way. That's when I realized I'm good at conversation. I'm good at holding a conversation. And I'm good at holding other people's attention, which is a skill in itself, which is not very easy to do. It's not at all. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm not boring. So that's a good thing. You're not. <laughs> um, so that's how that started. And then um, then the second wave hit. And that's when I got COVID. Of course, I was asymptomatic, thank God. That's when those two weeks were like, like so much happened in India. Like there was so much negativity and you have someone, you know, you know, you know how bad it was. And that's when when you have so much negativity maham you can you, your you can your mind can go two ways either you get sucked into the negativity or you come across or you kind of come out of it even stronger and even more kind of even more even better i think to be honest so the fact that you know you can go through that and it didn't break you mentally yeah that that shows a sign of strength so i'm like and that and what i what i realized was adversity is the best time for innovation oh i love that so when you're under that thing for two weeks, when you're thinking your mind is going in a thousand directions, I, I was like, how can I, I was getting bored of the Instagram live thing. So I'm like, how do I change it up? Mm-hmm. And then the Zoom things, I'm like, okay, let, let me do something through Zoom, but what can I do? It can get boring. So because with live, you, can, you can't really edit it. You can just post the entire thing. And I wasn't getting too much view. People, I was getting views, but like it wasn't, I was seeing the analytics where the first two minutes, then after two minutes, the attention drops. Yeah. So I started realizing that, okay, let me post clips, five, six, seven minutes. People can at least give that amount of it yeah. and kind of, and do like clip one, clip two, clip three. And, but then I'm like, who, who should I get a guest? What should I, what should be my first guest? And it gave me like a month to figure that out. That how do I do it? What do I buy? What all this stuff? But I'm like, who do I get on Ashley? And I remember I was talking to my mom about it and she's like, yeah, we have, she was telling me a few names. And then I'm like, what about this individual? Who I who get who who became my first guest, who was an ex ambassador of India, which is pretty insane to be honest. That's like my first. If you go down my first clip, that's when I did three clips with him. 
It was amazing. He told me such insane. This, this was a family friend of ours, my dad, and he told me such crazy. He was posted in Libya during the civil war in Gaddafi. Oh, Second is he rescued four hundred people from Malta. Like you had to organize that. Third, he spoke about just like experiencing different cultures. He had to. He was he was ambassador for like twelve, eleven or twelve different countries from India. And no, he was wow. telling me, and then he was when he was in Mongolia where he met my father. Where he spoke about like that was the time when the common communism was a democracy. There were there were riots over not riots there were riots as well, but protests over there. And just speaking to him was just like a history in a history lesson in itself. Like you're going through history, and that was amazing. Wow. So that's that's like that's the perfect guest. And I remember like I just did a bit of marketing on it. I'm just like please just repost it, and I got like six thousand views without any hashtags. Yeah, that was insane. That's amazing. That is amazing, yeah. Uh-huh. That's how I started. Awesome. I'm gonna go watch all of these. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. One thing I was always kind of curious about you was when I when I see your Instagram, and I remember people showing me your Instagram, and everyone was, first everyone was like entranced with how good looking you are, which is <laughs> obvious. But more than the looks, I was look. I was going through your page, and I did a bit of research. And I see these few brand deals that you do, mm-hmm. like, and I'm, and I was always curious with these brand deals. How did that kind of like start up? Like, what? How did you kind of get that opportunity? So it started from TikTok. So I don't. My followers aren't from Instagram. I grew my following on TikTok, and then people came and followed me through Instagram. So it was kind of similar to you. It was during the first lockdown, actually. Wait, what is that quote you said? Something about adversity and innovation. Uh, adversity uh, breathe. It was uh, adversity breeds innovation. Yeah, that was literally me as well. So it was first first lockdown, March 2020, and I was like fresh out of high school. High school wasn't done, but like we weren't going back, and I was like super bored. So I was like, okay, maybe I should just make TikToks. And me and my sister, we used to make YouTube videos back in the day, like 2013, long, long time ago, almost 10 years ago. That's insane. Um, but it didn't really go anywhere. Like we became too embarrassed. Like people at school found out about it. So we like deleted all of them and like, it wasn't going anywhere. Um, but I always wished we had continued cause I love like video editing. I love creating and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what, why don't I do TikToks? It's way easier than YouTube. Cause it's like way shorter videos. So I started making TikToks. Um, and I was extremely determined. Like I was like, I'm becoming famous. I don't care. Like I'm going to go viral. <laughs> And usually I say stuff like that and it doesn't happen. Like I hyper fixate on things for like two weeks and then I forget about it. But with this, I was extremely determined. I'm like, it's happening. So I make a bunch of videos and eventually they start going viral or whatever. I start gaining a little bit of a following. And then with that, like naturally you're going to get brand deals. Um, So basically it's not anything crazy. They just like email you and they'll be like, hey, like we'll pay you. Do you want to promote our product? And I'll do it for a check. So I say yes. no I actually like most of the products listen if even if you don't like it if someone's offering you money I think most people would say yes yeah so that's pretty much how it started and now I kind of want to go back into making them more like my videos more creative right now it's just like me lip syncing and I hate it but it's like hard with school to actually like put effort into the videos so yeah as someone who's only done two podcasts since I've come, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's really difficult. 
How about that? I finally have a TikTok star. So one thing on my big bucket list is, is checked. Star. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I didn't know that. You know, I actually didn't know. You didn't that. know that? No. No way! Oh my gosh. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. No. I remember they were talking about some TikToks with you, and I'm just like, uh, I thought you just did it once a year. It's just like a one and done thing. I mean, again, it's not really something I like to tell. It's kind of embarrassing. Like, how do you, how do I bring oh, that up? Why is that? Why is that? That's that's something that kind of separates you from the crowd. See, the TikTok dances in itself might be cringe, but the creative side that goes in TikTok is amazing. Because how do you fit that much thing into like a one minute thing? Or like a fifteen yeah. twenty second thing, and that's a challenge. That in itself, so that's why that's where my thing wouldn't work, because yeah. a fifteen twenty second thing is not what I do. Exactly. I do like five, six, seven minutes. That's when I get interesting, and that's when and that's why yeah, kani kani kani. Yeah, like the other day, someone was like telling me like, oh, you just have to do the bare minimum, and I was like, <laughs> like mm. I'm not gonna act like it's a hard job. It's not hard. Like I sit there and I look pretty. Like how hard is that? But. <laughs> Sorry, that's rude. But no. it took a while for it to reach that point, you know, like in the beginning. Sorry. In the beginning, that sounded rude. I was just joking, kind of. But in the beginning, I actually had to put like some effort into it. Like I posted like every single day for months before I got any brands offering me anything, you know? But yeah. Continue. Sorry. No, 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 no. That, that yeah. So it, it's about the initial effort that you put in, and for me, clearly, you know, this pretty face isn't in getting any brand deals. I don't want brand deals. Right? That's not what I. That's not what I actually do. But especially, what I like to do, especially when I meet new people, and when I meet people, I'm like, okay, um, uh, I'm like, okay, uh, with a vibe too. I like to see past the past the physical side, past the things that actually define you that that might be a more defining feature yeah. for you it might be a look for you for your eyes and i'm like how do i connect with that person on a deeper level on a level that is past that thing yeah. past yeah. a very a very uh past the vanity let's just say yeah. and one thing how we one was music music was very evident second was you were surprised by how much knowledge i had on islam I that was that was something which kind of surprised you. And other thing is, I'm not Muslim, uh, even yeah. though my name sounds very Muslim, but I'm not. Uh, yeah. I'm Hindu, but and I think this kind of this is a perfect segue to one of the things that we want to talk about. That was living outside of India. Mm-hmm. So, for those who don't know, uh, I lived in Dubai for 17 years of my life. I was born, brought up, did almost my entire schooling from there. And only in the last two years, from 2019, I shifted back to Noida or Delhi. And and my mom over here has spent her entire life in Canada. Mm-hmm. So we have a very unique perspective. And one thing I was really curious was why did you actually want to kind of bring this topic up? I know it's a, it's a common thing between us, but yeah. it's a really interesting topic as well. So yeah. so. How has that been like? Do you think you ever felt any? We ever insecure about it? Sorry, about, my mom's knocking. No, it's not. I can pause. I can pause. What? Did you ever feel like the fact that maybe you grew up here, you grew, you did entire, you were upbringing here, so mm-hmm. the cultural divide that is what if you ever went back home, and the mm-hmm. fact that the culture that you are from and the culture that you're seeing over here. With however diverse um, Toronto is, 
did you ever feel insecure about that? Did you ever feel the fact that, um, you know, I don't fit in over here or where's like, what am I, where am I actually from? Yeah, for so, sure. Like, so how do you kind of like, yeah, yeah. Um, so all you guys, most of my friends are international, like you and like our whole friend group, like everyone grew up there and not necessarily like, I don't feel left out, but obviously like I haven't had the same experiences growing up as you guys. Like you guys know him be way better than I do. Like, I can't really converse with you guys. Like I can understand, but like, I don't, it doesn't come naturally to me. And I just feel like you guys have a very completely different, like, I mean, not you, because I guess you grew up in Dubai, but especially some of our other friends. Yes. And it's just like, I wish I got that experience as well, because sometimes I feel really disconnected from my culture, and I feel like I don't know enough about it. And especially because I'm I'm Gujarati, and I don't yeah. even speak Gujarati. Like, I grew up speaking Hindi, so I also feel super disconnected from that. And, like, sometimes I, like, I, I don't get mad at my mom, but I'm like, Mommy, why didn't you teach me Gujarati? Like, I wish I knew, you know? And um, the reason I wanted to talk about it as well is because, um, like, for example, we've, we've been going to, like, parties and stuff like that, where it's, like, all Indian people, and they'll know all these Punjabi songs, and then they'll look at me, and they'll be like, you don't know this? And I'm like, no, and it's, like, really embarrassing, and I want to know if you, like, do you feel the same way or not at all? Only when I, um, I felt that a lot, and okay. with, the way it's, with the way, it, it was a lot closer to India, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Because there were a lot of Indians in Dubai as well. So we had we used to have this thing. So my name Mathur. So mm-hmm. we're technically Kaiest cast. Like oh. if you're gonna get to cast and everything. So we had like a big cast. We'll talk about that later. I love that stuff too. I love it too. Mm-hmm. So um so we have this thing called a Kaiest group. We had like it, it was called Swajan. It was this big, like if a big networking group that was there since this late 70s mm-hmm. in the UAE. Also, for those who don't know, Dubai is not a country. Dubai is a city. <laughs> so, um, so it's been since the late 70s. And it, it was this huge group where like 150 to 200 families network together, meet up for Holi, Diwali, all these big events. And so, and what happened is, so because, so because every, so when everyone started meeting, so factions started making. So then a faction called One Dish, which was like a potluck, made, was, was made in 2002. Mm-hmm. So that's when 15, 16 family who are related to each other, who knew each other, who vibe with each other the best, let's be honest, kind of make they made this separate thing. And we support like every single month, like every single month we start a chart, whose house we're going, what dish is made, the proper Excel sheet we used to make. Yeah. And that's when I grew up with these people. They were okay. these people that I grew up with. They became my family. And I never felt like I was away from home, even though I was. Mm-hmm. So when something that you know becomes your home for so long and when there are people around you who speak very well who grew up there with me i was always the odd one out so for i don't know if you believe this but i was not i was not this outgoing ever two years back i was very introverted i was someone who wouldn't make the first step and i was like it's crazy if you met two years um, the two and a half year um, and i wasn't very confident but i was decent so 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 I was, I'm thinking my mom and my dad, are, my mom, dad, and my brother, Ansh, extremely extroverted, very outgoing, very people like, a bit similar to me right now. Mm-hmm. So that's when I always felt left, I always felt a little left out. I always was like, I don't know, I really don't fit in here. And then people used to find that as well. People used to point that out as well, because, you know, lol. Um, <laughs> because, and what happened is for all the kids who were my age or who were loaded to me or younger to you, they could speak Hindi very well. 
and I speak Hindi with a different accent. Like it, it's what people could see was they could see me literally translated from English into Hindi. Like oh. they could see the process. Like yes. it's very evident when you're like because you're thinking of the words, exactly. and when you and when you mix English and Hindi into it, so the and when I used to come back to India, and I, it was very evident that I was I wasn't born here. <laughs> so when mm-hmm. I used to go back to India, where I used to, we used to live in Delhi, since my grandparents used to have this apartment. So when I used to go down to play basketball with people, it was very evident that I was the Dubai wala. Okay, okay. Uh, me too. So, I was Canada wali. <laughs> Canada wali. Mm-hmm. But with, but with at least with Canada, at least you have a distinct culture, or you have like that. That could be an identity. You are Canadian. Yeah. But with Dubai, it's worse. I still had the Indian passport. Exactly. I was born Dhaka. So there was like there was like this is major disconnect that I felt, and it, it it used to be frustrating. I'm like, why can't I speak Hindi that well? What is it about me? And I was I was decent. I was really good at Hindi, like writing, the reading. I was good. Oh, I learned Hindi for a time. So I'll teach you. No, I'll teach you. <laughs> so so all of this was a culmination, and which just frustrated me a lot. <clears throat> And um, I think what really helped me was songs. Songs helped me learn Hindi really well. Songs mm-hmm. helped me express myself quite well. And when I realized, when I discovered that I had like good boys at seven, eight, mom, my mom kind of helped me out. She taught me a few songs. Uh, I love her for that. And she just like gave me a really understanding of classical Hindi, classical music, a bit of it. She, I mean, not too much. And then she still, she so. My musical taste became very similar to hers because she used to constantly play in the house, and then I started practicing singing quite a bit, and that's when you know that and that kind of like it it started with you know me being shy or me not being good at Hindi to me singing, uh, me singing uh, I want it that way in an elf costume at your house, but we'll get to that. We will definitely get. I think we can get to it right now. So, Christmas eighteenth December. You have no idea. I haven't been this excited for a party in so long. Are you serious? I'm not joking. Because you sent like the invites like a week or two back. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, this is amazing. I'm such a formal. This is like, I got an RSVP. I've never got RSVP in my life. So I got an RSVP also. I loved when the Muskan sent like the entire thing. It was hilarious. Like the. Yeah. It was all my sister. I had nothing to do with it. So good. And. But what happened is clearly um, uh, uh, one of our friends has very issues when it comes to time, you know, and you know exactly who that in- individual is. I do. So we unfortunately were half an hour late mm-hmm. and we were going to Etobicoke. We've never been there. No idea how, like, of course we had Google Maps, yeah. but it was, it was crazy, let's be honest. And let's just say getting to it, getting to Etobicoke was another journey in itself it's um, in China <laughs> yeah, yeah oh my gosh and so we looked at it we we okay let's just say I'll give you somebody I won't bore you out but yeah. it ended up with me losing my uh I lost the beanie unfortunately in one of the buses unfortunately which is kind of sad um uh we got on the wrong bus and we we did like entire route of a wrong bus for like Good 30 45 minutes. We thought we weren't gonna reach. We generally thought we were not gonna reach in time. So uh and uh like I had cookies. So I had cookies. Uh I had gotten cookies for you guys. Hope they were good. They were. And 
that was like my gift for you. Uh, but then we got really hungry in between. So I gave one to one of our friends and the other to the other friends of us. Yeah. I don't like to mention names, that's fine. Um, so when we, so instead of 10, it was supposed to be like a 10 pack or like a 10 or 12 pack, it became like an eight pack then. <laughs> and then I ate once and became like a seven pack. We were really hungry. That's so cute. No one ate anything. We were all dressed up and everything. And I had like two bags with me because mm-hmm. I had a costume with, her, with me. Yeah, yeah. So that's why. And we almost, we almost, when we were reaching the Etobicoke, it was, not, it was like dark. And yeah. we, were just, we were not sure where the hell we were. And I, I remember just on call with you, just like the first one, the, the other two were having their nerves breakdown. They're like, oh, where are we? This, that. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, I was just talking to you because I'm like, okay, this is relaxing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. Where are where where do we need to go? So that's when like when when shit hits the fan, I'm like, okay, how do we get? I'm 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 a solution. I like to find solutions, sort of adding to the problem. So when we that's why when we came to your place, I just hugged you for like two minutes straight. Aww. Like I could like I'm like finally warmth. <laughs> so that's why that happened. That happened. Also, why did you actually have the Christmas party? And the fact that you invited all of us was. That's a really sweet of you. Of course. Is this like a tradition at your place? Like having like a Christmas party? Or no. First of all, my family doesn't celebrate Christmas like we're Muslim. <laughs> so judgmental Muslims out there, definitely judging. But um, we don't even like typically have a Christmas tree. We just got the Christmas tree for the party. We don't decorate or anything like that. Um, but my sister, for some reason, she really wanted to have a party. It wasn't my idea at all. She just came to me and she was like, Maha, we should have a holiday party. And I was like, um, yeah, I'm down. But like, I, she's doing her co-op here. So she has more free time. So she had time to plan it and stuff. And I'm like, I can't help you with the planning, but like, I'm excited. Like, I'll give you ideas. I'll help. And then she basically kept on telling me like, Maha, invite people, invite people. And I kept on saying no. Like, I was like, no, I don't want to invite anyone. Like, you just invite your friends. I'll just be there. Like, I don't want to. And then she like really pressured me. She's like, come on, mom, you have to invite someone. And at this point, there was like way too many people coming. Like, our house is like, we don't, we can't go into the basement. So basically, we just have the living room and our three rooms. So we couldn't have that many people and we kind of over-invited. So I went from inviting no one to inviting way too many people. And my sister was so mad at me. She was like, mom, you invited way too many people. <laughs> but thankfully, a lot of people ended up canceling. So it was fine. Yeah. But yeah. And then I was just like, you know what? I want to invite them. Like, we're not, we weren't that close yet. But I thought if I do invite them, like, this is an opportunity to, like, become closer. And yeah, I'm really glad I did, to be honest. I, I'm we're really glad as well even though it was it was a that's the thing every every experience it's, it's a new experience right so even mm-hmm. even if, it, if even if getting to Tobago was was really hard the fact that we ended up there and yeah. it was such a good party yeah. loved it thank you thank so much thank you so much and then what I and I think I told you about that was because it was Christmas and my family has a tradition of this where mm-hmm. my mom my dad has been Santa Claus uh, in these events my mom has been Santa Claus in school yeah and my brother has been Santa Claus so I'm like I need to follow tradition of course so I'm like I asked mom Maham can I be Santa Claus she mm-hmm. was like yes I immediately I was like it's a very awkward it's a very weird thing to say right no no, no. Like, how do you start like saying like yeah I want to be the life of the party <laughs> <laughs> without without coming across as an attention whore so mm-hmm. uh 
So that was that that was when I was like, okay. She was like, yes, yes, do that, do that. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of looked look, around, like, and like it was like kind of expensive the Santa Claus, and I wasn't getting it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So when we went to Scarborough on the 16th, two days before the party, yeah, I'm like, and I got, I saw an elf costume. It was for 20 bucks. I'm like the onesie. I'm like, this is it. And I tried it out. We had like the clothes, the store was closing in 10 minutes. So I almost didn't get it. <laughs> so I tried it on. I I I I video called uh, Vidika and, and Garangi. See? And I was just like, how does it? They're like, amazing. Get it, get it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I told you like the next day. What, this, this is one day before the party. Like, yeah, I didn't get the Santa costume, unfortunately. But I have an elf costume. I remember. Honestly, I was more excited. I think that's more unique, to be honest. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's go for it. It was so cute. And then the party happened again. Really nice. I met really cool people. Really nice. It was there. And I was just like, okay. I, I, and the thing is really awkward to kind of like just leave the party in between, right? Yeah. And, and I was just, I remember, if you could see, I wasn't nervous, but I was just always looking at the bag and looking at the time. Because I was just like, it looked like I was completely disinterested, but I was just like, okay, what time do I should I do it? So we uh-huh. decided to do it after dinner, which is that's the best time mm-hmm. when everyone's satisfied. I'm like, like I was like, kind of like telling people eat fast, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm guessing eating too much, taking too much time. Uh-huh. So then I'm like, okay, I need to use the washroom. That was my cue that I gave. So when Maham said, when, when I said washroom, Maham knew that you know, Christmas party, Christmas music, this that. One. Mm-hmm. And the best thing was, I go inside and I change. I come outside. The first person to greet me is your mom. Because <laughs> she was upstairs. Oh, I didn't know that. And I remember I just come out and I was just like, I had the entire thing on. So I was, and I was well dressed and I was really looking, you know, fabulous. Yeah. And then I went from that to then I remember coming in elf costume. And then, then your mom and me, we had like, hi, Andy. <laughs> I was oh. with the elf, with the elf ears as well. I actually come on the elf costume. Mm-hmm. But it's a so, and then that happened, and that was such a nice thing. And then I surprised everyone. We have all the videos, and then we we distribute chocolate. And I love that picture, but I'm giving you the chocolate and like force That's feeding chocolate. Uh-huh. But that was such a cute picture. Yeah. And then karaoke comes. That was on. That was the best part, in my opinion. Like that was so much fun. And we then, got a cute video from then too. We yes we did we did all the, the like I remember the replies that I got like really? my friends back home they're like who's this mm-hmm. and then the question mark question mark I'm like relax God relax Jesus Christ I got some and, weird replies too not gonna lie because I also posted on my close friends and yeah you and I'm like guys relax <laughs> I said relax come on man come on like come on be professional okay you wanna know something funny my mom also asked me she's like sell Maham Aman and I was like mommy. <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't think I told you that. <laughs> I love that. I love that you did. I love that you did. <laughs> <laughs> we captured your reaction on camera. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, speaking of my mom, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Speaking of my mom, it, that, another thing that was like very like culture shocky was like how sweet you guys were to her. Like not that my other friends are rude, but I feel like in Canada, it's more so like you just hi, hello, the parents. And like yeah. you don't play auntie and stuff like that. But like all of you guys were just like, oh my God, hi, auntie. Like it's so nice to meet you. Like you guys were so nice to her. And I'm like, I was shocked, honestly. Like that's not a thing here, to be honest. 
like, my culture. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, Aunty was like, my culture. Yeah. <laughs> so That's we spoke about it in Hindi as well. And we, yeah. that was nice. We had a really good conversation with her. Mm-hmm. And I had a very good conversation being very professional in an elf costume with her, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a point where I was talking about student groups because that's my favorite topic, unfortunately. And like Ryerson also, we met a few people from Ryerson there and like university, different university. And I was just like going on and on about this thing. And it was we had a very, very, very professional conversation, very, very important conversation. And it was just, it was just a beautiful um, juxtaposition of what I'm wearing to what I'm actually saying. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that I found really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's get to the serious part of the podcast because I think we've had a lot of fun. Yes, 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 yes. And so this is a part of the this is a part of the podcast where I like to ask every single guest, and I think I did mention you what it was. Mm-hmm. So for me, motivation is a very important thing. It's something that drives you every day because you have to constantly because your motivation can go up and down and everything, but it need it can't go too down because then you feel like crap. Then you go on you. You don't have, there is no incentive for you to work hard. And I know what it is like to not be motivated to work hard. So my question, Maham, what motivates you to improve yourself? Okay. I feel like I have a few, a few different reasons and answers. Um, okay. This is going to sound really twisted and like dark, but I feel like I have this huge, like moral, I don't even know, there's a word for this, like a moral dilemma about like being a bad person. Like I'm constantly just convinced I'm a horrible human being. So I feel like that really pushes me. I'm like, no mom, you have to be a good person. You have to be better. Like, and since I was little, like every, every bad thing I do for some reason, it just like sticks with me throughout my whole life. So I feel like that really, that sounds dark though. Not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. That's truth. The truth can be dark. Yeah. And also, I really, this sounds really cheesy, but I really want to be a good, like, mom. And I feel like if I want to be a good mom in the future, like, I have to work on myself right now. You know what I mean? And not just, like, a mom, but, like, I want to be a good sister and, like, daughter and friend. I just want to be good to everyone in my life. And, yeah, that just, like, really motivates me to be, like, the best human I can be. And also just for myself, because at the end of the day, like, that's the most important. You should be the most important person in your life. You know what I mean? I agree. It's good to be self-obsessed with yourself. Yeah. I've got that so much. It is good. <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, I, I love boasting about myself. And the thing is, like, I kind of do it, no, I do it, like, in a sarcastic way as well. Because I know that I'm, I'm I'm making a joke on myself. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, look at me. You know, no, okay. that's good. Because yeah. I used to do a lot of, like, the self-deprecating humor, like, Mm. And I don't think that's good. Like every once in a while, it's okay. But I think we should do more like self-appraising. Is that 100%, 100%. the word? Yeah, right? The self-deprecating thing works if you know you can like deal with it. Mm-hmm. If you're if you have a thick skin. Because self-deprecating humor is not easy. Exactly. And I used to love doing self-deprecating humor because I know I could like I had a thick, I had a thick skin. Uh, so also my school was an all-boy school from like fifth to twelfth. I'm so sorry. So, so that was an interesting experience in itself. And we were brutal to each other. But, and I think I kind of, that made me really, and if you see my humor as well, it's very, it's, very, it's not very, it's not very refined. It's, <laughs> it's not very refined. Yeah. It's not very um, uh, family friendly. But I know I can be family friendly as well. Mm-hmm. I've seen also, you interact with my mom, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I love interacting with moms. It's, it's always nice. 
Me too. My biggest goal in life is I want to be every parent's favorite. Like I want the parents to love me. You know. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! Now you know my goal as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to be your mom's favorite now. Uh, <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> so um, that's 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 a very nice question. So you spoke about morality, um, and I like that. I like that the fact that that is a moral. But I hope that. this is something that's sustaining that you don't constantly you you don't constantly like uh, judge yourself on the basis of that because we have spoken about it and we I won't mention any of that because that's I feel that's between the two of us mm-hmm. and I don't think I'll sh- I'll tell anyone that because for me secret, for me holding on to people's secrets is a secret thing it's just that's just how I was brought up but you you did speak about uh, m- but I hope this morality doesn't come at the cost of your self worth that's something that uh, i wish that i hope they didn't come because morality in itself is a very good thing you know everyone should strive to be a better person but just not at the cost of yourself and that, that's where you don't think that you're useless or that's not where you you should think that you you don't deserve it or you you're a bad person all the time so we've all done bad things we all have i think bad in itself is very subjective because each culture brings its own nuances of what bad actually is Oh, so, look at you! Philosopher Aman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you see a very different side of me now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, now I I like to do this in the most fun part of the of the podcast where yeah. I let the guest ask me a question. Ooh. Anything you can, anything I'm giving you full freedom to ask okay. me of how if whatever you gauge from meeting me because mm-hmm. we've met a few times and we. I think we kind of spent, like, yeah, twenty fifth. We spent at your friend's place, which was funny, to be honest. I, yeah. I need to get known on the podcast just for like, just for the fact that what he heard when he went to sleep. You <laughs> should. What, I think you'd be great, guys. <laughs> what is something that you're curious to know about me? Hmm. Let me think. Give me a second. Okay. Whenever I ask people this, they they become really stumped. So I really I want to know if you get stumped or if you immediately know. But if you had to describe yourself in three words, what what three words would you use? Okay. <laughs> um, it's harder. It is introspective. Oh. Um, second would be um, uh, um, let's not go vanity. I think. Um, uh, i'm very good at noticing things so observant respecting or observant and third would just be heart okay relax yeah <laughs> besides that i'm not i'm not good no, no i'm not that sound <laughs> sorry about that third would as uh, so introspective observant and just i would just say easy going to be honest as someone who can i'm someone who's not i know third would be a driven Driven, I agree. That's better. Driven. Instead of hot, to be honest, I know okay. I am. I like that. But introspective, observant, and driven. That's that wow. sounds like my that sounds like my resume, but okay. No, you so. came up with that way faster than most people do, which means you have a very good idea of who you are. So that that's really good. Well, I hope so. Yeah. I, yeah. Anything else you're curious? I want you to do it for me. If you had to describe mm. me. How to describe you? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I have to make it about myself in some way. 
You know why? Because mm-hmm. they got a new director. Like for the Hunger Games, someone else directed it. And then Francis Lawrence, I think, directed the rest of them. And they're like so much better than the original. So yeah. Catching Fire was one of my favorite ones. But um, Mockingjay Part 1 was all right. 2 was not bad. 2 was, not, two was way better than 1. Way better. 1 was all right. 1 was, one was boring. Was, what even happened in Part 1? Nothing. One. Nothing happened. Yeah. What, what is something that kind of like you spoke about that never, never let them see you bleed? Mm-hmm. And you took that into your real life but second is what other impacts do you think hunger games had on you and like why is it why is it why are you so drawn into that okay in- i feel like a lot of people hate on the series because it's so popular and it's like a lot of really popular things it's like oh it's just overhyped but i and i'm like that too like I don't know, with Twilight and stuff, I'm just like, oh, that's just, like, overhyped bullshit, but, like, things are popular for a reason, and Hunger Games is one of those things that I really believe is popular for a reason, and the reason I feel like some people are, like, oh, it's not that good, it's because it's associated with, like, young girls, and anything that, like, girls like is immediately demonized, like, for example, the color pink and make teenage girls. Teenagers, yes. Young teenage girls, any of our interests, they're immediately, like, ew, like, that's gross, right? Yeah. But yeah, so unfortunately, unfortunately, yes. So, um, so with the Hunger Games, I feel like once you get past the whole "oh, this is teenage girl" bullshit, there's so much underneath it all. Like, do you know? I don't even know how to say his name. Franz Fanon, I think that's how you say it. He's like this, um, like political post-colonial philosopher, and he like wrote about like post-colonization and stuff like that. And he has this work that's called um, On Violence, I think. And basically in it, he talks about how violence is like basically necessary in like the post-decolonization process and like murder and bloodshed and all of that is necessary in order for people to gain their like freedom. And that's literally exactly what happens in Hunger Games. Even though like they're not technically colonized, I feel like the capital is the colonizer and the districts and the people are the colonized, right? And like the whole, like he, it's so, if you, you need to read On Violence, by the way, it's exactly like The Hunger Games. Like, do you remember in the prequel, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes? Yeah. Um, in it, the, ki- the kids are put in like cages and yeah. the capital people, they come and they like gawk at them and they're like, they see them as animals. And that's exactly how the colonized saw the, col- the colonists saw the colonized, literally yes. as animals. And it's just... It's yeah. And you know, the author, like, it seems like it's just a stupid love story. But once you get past, like, the whole love triangle with Kita and Katniss and all that stuff, it's so applicable to real life. It's insane. I think one, one another thing that it kind of speaks about is the class difference. And mm-hmm. as we see with COVID and all, the class the class difference is widening between the elite and between the, maybe, like, the 1% and the 99%. I like that how we like to add maths to everything because, sure. you know. So... And the class difference was one thing. And second is how the rich look down on the poor. And that's another, that, that is the same, that's applicable to the class difference. But I I love the fact that, it, it of course, there is a story involved, because obviously, but also it's the fact that you say fighting for your freedom. Mm-hmm. But second is believing in what you want, believing in, uh, believing in something that you want, like freedom, believing freedom. And that's where, you see free all, all major freedoms whether it be the so i we studied so being in cbsc which is the indian curriculum we studied about the independence of india a lot we spoke mm-hmm. about the ancient india then we spoke about middle india then we spoke about when india was colonized by the british yeah 
So we spoke about that. We spoke about the sacrifices, the number of people that were hanged, the number of people that was that actually gave up their life for the freedom. Uh, and clearly bloodshed without bloodshed or without any sort of that, that we wouldn't have got the freedom that we did. And if you see all these stories in, in countries that were colonized, everyone has a symbol. Everyone and the thing with the symbol, that one, which is which 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 is like uh which shows that you know um may the odds ever be in your favor that's mm-hmm. my that's the story that's story because the fact is the odds to survive is so rare or it's so low mm-hmm. that we have to like it's kind of like probability that it's like survival of the fittest and that's the that's what it kind of comes down to yeah. so yeah that was i th- that's what i even connected with it because usually i'm i wasn't someone who read too much I was like talking more. I was more sports into it. Yeah. Also, I did play basketball for my school team. I don't know if you knew that. Shocked. I know I didn't know that, but it shocked me the first yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. But you, what you're talking about the symbol thing is so true. Like again, like Fanon in On Violence, he talks about how like someone kind of rises to like be the leader or whatever. And I feel like in India that was Mohandas. We don't call him Mahatma. He doesn't deserve that much respect. Mohandas Gandhi. Wait, oh, we should talk about that. What are your thoughts on him? We'll get back to that later. But I feel like in the Hunger Games, that was Katniss Everdeen. And like everyone, she was finally the symbol for hope. And I feel like Mahatma or Mohandas Gandhi was the symbol for hope in India. That really like pushed people to fight for their freedom. So that's it. Everyone needs a symbol, right? To yeah. fight for. For America, maybe it was George Washington. Yeah. For, um, for, um, for in Vietnam during uh, not not the American War, but uh, no Indonesia's and so it, when they were colonized by the French in Vietnam, it was Ho Chi Minh. Uh, so there were these different symbols that we see, uh, um, where it, it kind of because everyone needs hope, right? So it's a bit like religion, where you need something to give you hope, even when you're in a dire circle, when you're in like a dire situation, like when you're being colonized, some when you're in a brutal dictatorship. And it's a really interesting thing where mom, I grew up in a dictatorship. It was called a monarchy, a constitutional monarchy. It's, I love that. That's like, that's like a, it's like an, the opposites. They're, they're like so contradicting a constitutional monarchy. That's so stupid. <laughs> and I learned democracy mm-hmm. while not seeing it in my everyday life. So I learned demo- de- democracy, freedom of expression, freedom of rights while being in a country that didn't really give rights, to be honest. Yeah. Couldn't really express itself too much. You know, you uh, the media was controlled, of course. It's a monarchy, but of course, it was, it was one of the good ones, you know? Yeah, it's, like, it's not horrible. You know, it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's one of the best ones, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Very safe. Very, very safe for women. Oh, one of yeah. the safest places for women. I mean, I've never like, been there, but I've heard it's incredibly yeah, safe. We need to go. We need to go. We need to go I to want Dubai. it so bad. So, so bad. Um, so that's when, uh, I think that kind of con with how that kind of connects us all, um, connects us to all this hung games was, I saw that in the, where they was, they, they, they believed in themselves so much. They believed in what they fought for the fact that they were ready to give up their life. And that's something that's so powerful to me when I, that's why I love history because history reminds you of the sacrifices that we've done because, yeah. you know, life isn't always like this. Exactly. And every single day we are creating history, whether it be in different ways, whether it be in technology, whether it be in automobiles, whether it be in uh, politics, whether it be COVID. COVID is going to be a major point in our history, whether it be the BLM movement, 
socially, politically, economically, we are creating history on a daily basis, mm-hmm. whether we don't see it or not. And I think, like you know, stamping a legacy, and that that's something which I don't think our generation really understands. But the past generation, whether it be a grandparents or father, they understand the value of holding onto a legacy of of yeah. you know making a stamp for yourself. And I think that's something when that's when I spoke to a lot of people who are a lot older to me. You become more aware of different things which you want. Because I can easily just talk to people our our age, our generation, and I could only have one perspective. But it's important to open up and sometimes question your own perspective. Yeah. When sure. you talk to others. that's the only way you grow and that's the only thing is if you know there's if there's no fight within you if there's no adversity if there's not something that you're not happy within yourself that does that doesn't mean you constantly be unhappy that's not the point but you yourself have to change and change comes at a cost change always comes at a cost evolving how do you evolve into something you want to be better i thought two years back that was my final form i i i i couldn't think i couldn't it, it wasn't even a possibility for yeah. me to change into this person and the fact that i look back onto it that's where the history of myself you know you can also look at an example of yourself or the history that you've gone through when you've mm-hmm. grown up so when you were as a child to when you were as a middle schooler to when you came to high school to you as a university student there are multiple leaps and bounds if you see them and for me it was a crazy leap that people still i'm still catching myself where there are still traces of the old me There are still reasons that I'll never, I'll never go. Yeah. But the fact that what I see is, I see myself as a lot more mature, but also as someone who's finally kind of coming into his own self, coming into his skin, mm-hmm. finally confident in itself, knowing. So whenever people like how oh, many are so confident, there's a backstory behind it. There are layers and layers of that thing. I had to go through stages and stages of failure, stages of. of um, not being comfortable in my skin stages of someone who is always unhappy with themselves yeah. to come to this point to finally come into the point of i'm in this is where i need to be and there are still things i'm i want to improve myself unfortunately that's just in me it's a gene in me where i always have to improve day by day by day by day yeah so yeah that's a bit of me i think i spoke for too long unfortunately oh, no i love listening to you talk it's so fun you're so interesting Wait, oh, oh my god, I really liked how sorry, do you want to end it or can I No, 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 can't be can't. Be. Okay, have you seen the movie PK? I have seen the movie PK. Yeah, I know you were talking about like how religion gives you hope. Oh my god, that movie, that movie made me sob. I don't like when he was just like going around and like praying and like trying to like Yeah, what was he looking for like that remote thingy? It's been a while since I've seen it, but he was like trying to look for this remote and everyone was telling him like just pray and oh my god, it literally broke my heart. But at the same time, it made me kind of see religion for what it really is and it's it literally is just to give you hope. Like is that how you, what why do you believe in religion? I want to know. So actually I have something. Mm-hmm. I so, so right before I left for Canada. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to see my my very professional transport. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pants as well. Yeah, so this is something that my I don't know if you can see this. This is something that my grandmom gave me right before I left. So that is um that's a uh, Ram, that's a uh, Lakshman, that's his wife Sita. I don't know if you can see this. So. I don't know if that's a Krishna or okay. So 
what this kind this was this was a very sacred thing which i saw every time in my house this was this has been in my house since i can remember and this is, is sai baba this is another one so, so i remember before i was going to leave on the day like an hour before i was i was catching a flight to going to dubai first and then because we couldn't go directly mm-hmm. i remember my dad just comes up to me and i love talking to my dad i do miss her of course I guess speaking to her, she told me a lot of stories as well. She used to live with us from from two thousand ten. So with her, she and she was very religious, and she's every day she used to do this arti. Mm-hmm. Arti was this thing was where you pray, and arti is like when you're on the fire and you kind of take the blessings of the fire. Mm-hmm. And she used to do, and she used to ring this bell, and we used to me and my brother when my brother was living with us, we used to come. And we used to take the arti for just like the fire, the pyre of energy, where it's kind of like getting the blessings. Yeah. Second is charanamrit. Now amrit means water, and chan. So the holy water, you could say that. That's how it is. Where you take water and you used to kind of cup your hands and just saying that you're receiving something so, uh, so divine that you have to kind of do this cupping and you drink it like that. Uh-huh. And the third is comes the bhog slash prasad. I think you must have heard that. Yes, this is where you get where the something anything can be considered prashad. It's where this is from God. You get this is something you you're getting food from God, and this is something yeah. that you're getting. So it's like a token from God, and so so anything can be prashad. So the significance of that kind of kind of trickles down to you because you do it regularly. It becomes so so normal to me, yeah. and I'm still finding my way into religion. of course i do believe in my, i do believe in hinduism and but i'm still but because i've been ex, i've kind of been uh, exposed to different types of religion yeah it's this weird concoction of different things that i've faced where because i have i don't have too much i have like a decent insight into islam um christianity a sikhism um hinduism of course mm-hmm. you have these because i i know a bit from each and every one So what I like to do, I like to. I think we've had such a good conversation about this. Yeah. I like to take the best from each religion. Yeah, I and I like, to, I like to, I like the fact that okay, what can I see? What is something that can be helpful to me? How do I improve this? Okay, why is it like that? Why is it not so? Because everything, and the thing is, religion can become very polarizing. And I saw that in in India and itself. Oh yeah, for sure. Extremely polarizing, and. I think the, my my most fondest memory is when I've gone to with my friends when I've with uh, with our neighbors with my father's with my father's uh, clients or with my mom's friends broken fast with them for iftar and made such good food or or I remember one day I fasted with one of my Muslim friends it's very difficult. You fasted? Then, oh I have I have once I, and then I'm then I'm like and I'm I'm good I'm not so mm-hmm. it's and I think the if I'm not wrong the significance of Ramadan. is yeah. self control for sure and self control and it's kind of also like a you kind of simulating what the poor people felt like where they couldn't get food three times a day they could only get food once and they yeah. had to work for it and it was only they, they could only get food early in the morning and then they had to work really hard for it so it's, so it's about how do you have that self control within you which yeah. is something yeah yeah can't you can't you can't yeah i think a lot of people just see it as like oh you don't eat for the whole day like why why would you do that but it's so much more like you're not supposed to swear you're supposed to be a good person you give to charity you pray it's a whole it's a whole spiritual journey throughout the whole month like it's not just not eating you know yeah yeah and that's true and because 
like i saw it back even when i saw in dubai but i saw more than just not eating obviously and so because we used to be in school you know there used to be muslim kids with us as well so i remember we used to feel bad sometimes i have never time but i have not eaten my food during break time because i'm like dude how would they feel right they couldn't drink water they couldn't drink food not anything so for me i always and that's when i really like talk talking about this religion i know people like shudder from and people are scared because you know in, if they say something wrong yeah. but i feel like i'm secure in myself and of course i lived in that's another thing but i'm secure in myself knowing that i don't mean any harm and of mm-hmm. course the media can interpret it in thousand ways but islam is a beautiful religion thank you there are so many things that this isn't because you're there i always thought islam is a beautiful religion i always thought islam is so beautiful as well um all right let's convert to buddhism yeah <laughs> like no, i don't like serious fights with people for saying hindophobic things cuz there's a lot like between the muslim and like yeah the there's a lot of you know there is un- there, there's this angst yeah mm-hmm. all right well you want to say something yeah i mean i feel like i mean there's always tension but i feel like a lot of it is because of the british and colonization oh 100% it's it because of the british let me be honest I mean, yeah. there was like fighting before that, but obviously they made it like so much, so much more worse. Yeah. Providing with the India about the partition and everything. Yeah. Oh uh, my god, fucked up. Sorry, can I swear? Hundred <laughs> percent. Sorry, but yeah, that messed so many things up. Like you know, did, they brought in some random white lawyer dude to draw the partition lines, and he had yeah. never been to India in his life. I think I don't know. If it was a lot. Well, I I don't know if it was Lord Mountbatten. if i'm not wrong but i i we can we can check that out and so i studied about the revolution of 1857 as well that was part of a course yeah and so what they used to do is um to create uh to create uh, that that was divide and conquer that was the policy that they wanted to use because if you divide people it's very easy to conquer and we can see that in today's world as well Yeah. when people are divided among them it's very easy to conquer them it's very easy to control the narrative and they wanted to constantly control the narrative so one example is so they used to have these muskets and unlike today's uh, uh, automatic assault rifles they had to bite it with their own thing they had to bite the thing and they used to fill it up with the cartridge yeah. so yeah. they spread the rumors in 1857 hey. that the that the cartridge was made of the grease of pigs mm-hmm. uh, for the muslims and grease of cows for the hindus yeah, yeah. so what that did was so cows are extremely sacred for hinduism and pigs are considered unholy are considered haram in muslim so that created such a dissension between them that people that people that it caused almost a mutiny in itself yeah that's how you keep people divided Mm-hmm. And I remember you used to read these comics that used to come. Um, I forget the name of it, but it spoke about revolution, this, that, and it spoke about. Um, I'm forgetting the name. I'll tell you the name later. But that's really like these are small things that I still. I'm I'm very good at remembering things. That's one thing I'm good at. I have my memory. <laughs> Opposites attract. <Yeah. laughs> so um, I like remembering things, and I like to remember things and knowing when to use them in a conversation. Oh my god, I'm so jealous of that. Seriously, I'll read some things and then it'll come up in a conversation. I'm like, I read about this. Why can't I remember any of what I read? And it makes me horrible at conversations. So yeah, very jealous of that skill. You are too harsh on yourself. 
yeah you do need to enjoy sometimes and yeah. and spend and spend 20 bucks on parking you know but yeah, exactly oh another fun. speaking of joy another resolution i want to have more fun because this is my last 5 6 months as a teenager and i'm having a freaking crisis my whole identity when is birthday when's the birthday may 13 so 5 months Five oh my god um, i'm actually gonna sob i want to be a teenager forever no, I you can't don't. Imagine. no you don't no you don't but like it's over it it's over it so old i don't want to be old well, at least, well the only good thing is that i'll turn 20 next month june 26 and oh. gorang is turning 20 in march in three months oh. we're the same age yeah oh i Honestly, thought you... he's the same age as us we're all, only only vidika's little baby in our group rithik's um older he's a one he's old rithik's a one yeah yeah he's only 20 he's only 21 imagine that yeah yeah oh my god i have a whole bucket list of things i want to do before i become 20 i want to sneak out don't tell my mom i want to i want to oh my god we have to go to the beach and watch the sunrise um, we have to do that we have to do that yeah. we were supposed yeah. to do it but i'm like nah. yeah yeah it didn't happen so, um What else? I just I have a whole list. Oh my god, I want to go sledding. Well, there hopefully there will be snow still. I want to go sledding. I want to make snow angels. Oh my god, a huge Canadian thing is we put maple syrup in the snow and then we eat it. We we got to do that as well. It sounds weird, but I swear to god it's really good. Clean snow. <laughs> I told Rithik this as well. I I love how at first we weren't name dropping and now we're just saying all the names. Oh yeah, 100%, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I told him and he was like That, he looked at me like that's disgusting. I'm like it's a very normal thing here. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, yeah. I love Rithik's accent. Like it's so it's all over the place but I love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my it's god, you so know at first I thought he had an Indian accent. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? Come on, come on. Mom, mom, what are you doing, mom? I don't know. <laughs> so I can't do it. I can't do it. It's so it's so it's a very it's a very African accent. Very it's, It's very um Guyanese I think that's something that so it's like mean. yeah it's very it's 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 infused with different it's like when like how the people in in Uganda speak but also mm-hmm. infused with Indian as well because his Gujarati is almost really good yeah he knows Gujarati, Hindi too Hindi as well but that's why is and it's very distinctive I remember talking to you about him and me and Rithik are already buddies you know clearly he already posted on his like spam Spam account, you know, like we were very close. You see that? You have a special yeah. relationship. We have a very special relationship. Uh-huh. And so, besides that, I think again another person who asked me for like student clubs, and I'm like, bro, I'm, damn, this is good. <laughs> like how I'm like, I think I just like to talk about it too much, so people think I know more. And which no yeah, good. That you is know, very good. Something I've realized. Like for example, I used to work at No Frills. I got fired, by the way. That's a different story. Have I told you that? I don't know. No, you have not. No, I'll tell you one day. Um, but one thing I realized is people, most people, they don't know what the hell they're talking about either. They just act like they do. And I'm one of those people who are very open about my stupidness. Like I'll, I'll let I say if I don't know something, I'll say it. And I realized that all the people who I thought were real, very smart and confident and knew their shit. They were just faking it, which is I'm like I need to start doing that as well, so people think I know my shit. You know what I mean? I mean I, and I think that's that that was one of my issues. But but people thought I was smarter than I actually was. <laughs> that's good. As that that is good. I understand. But thing is, then then they hold, then you then you're held onto such an ex such a um, expectation, and if you don't, and then 
thing is with expectation where there always comes a sense of disappointment for sure for sure so that's when teachers that's when i had issue with teacher with people thought like with teachers i was super smart but i was just smart right oh me too there was a difference yeah. so and it's all about and thing is we love and i don't know what we both love attention we both like want like it's it's concerning how much but i love it i wouldn't have it any other way yeah from someone who hated attention to someone like kind of you you like it because you get to show what you are and i think that's part of attention and sometimes it's good to be uh, you know good to be attention you know you good to be the star of the show because yeah. people always have this negative connotation with attention anyway but it's a very healthy thing it's very natural to humans yeah i mean so, i think prefer attention in like smaller groups or like one on one like i like attention i think you prefer attention in like bigger groups i hate attention in big groups like don't look at me bigger groups i think yes you are right in smaller groups there, there's no attention to happen right there, it's no, just a, like if you're talking in a group setting with even like three people i want i want it to be about me sometimes you know no definitely and we give it attention that's not an issue that but then yeah Well, another thing that I like is the fact that we, um, I remember we were just we are very similar ways of of communicating, like really? so that we have very similar thoughts and similar opinions as well, views, yeah. views, and which was something which was very surprising, which kind of surprised me, because we've had two very different upbringings, but then realized that we actually had quite a similar one because we kind of faced different issues as well, mm-hmm. and I remember the fact that you. You, you you asked my opinion on a few things uh and that was something that i'm like wow she trusts me with that information and that's something that i'll always that's very and i'm really glad that i i do i'll never mention it but the fact that you were comfortable enough to ask me on and approach me yeah was something that i really i really appreciated and i don't know i'm very grateful the fact that you know you actually were comfortable enough to kind of tell me this Yeah, I feel like I could ask or tell you anything because you're very you're an open yeah, person. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, and another thing I like to listen and yeah. that's something which a lot of guys don't do. <laughs> like they're not very good at listening. No. So, oh, that's a whole different conversation. Guys love to talk over women. No offense, not all guys. A lot of guys though. <laughs> no, I I know the term it's called mansplaining. Okay, okay. So mansplaining is yeah, that's a whole different thing. but i i'm talking more like i'll be talking and randomly a guy will just pretend like i wasn't talking and just start saying something completely different but yeah mansplaining oh my god that makes me so mad the amount of times i've been mansplaining something you know what happened the other day this is a funny story oh i don't think you were on my close friends when i posted out my close friends so this is good you you're you're hearing it for the first time so i was at um this friend's house i do you know these people i don't know if you know them but i was What's at this that? friend's house. Uh, was it a party or was it hmm? was it a party or no it wasn't a party okay. um it was just like a random thing i was at their house no hey i love they're very nice but it was it was just funny so we're like talking about lee actually and i basically just say like yeah but he's he's indian but he has um chinese ancestry like if you did a dna test it would say he's chinese right so mm-hmm. i say this and it's just me and a group of four guys like there's no girls here and all four of these guys go they look at me like i'm the world's biggest idiot and they look at me and they go mahan that's not possible your dna tells you who's your mom who's your brother who's your sister they can't tell you that and i'm like what 
I'm like, what? I'm like, first of all, no, you know how much your DNA can tell you? It's insane. Your DNA can tell you if you're, if you're more inclined to have a freaking butt chin, if you're more inclined to have a worse sense of direction, your DNA can tell you so much. It's insane. By the way, my sister, yeah. So my sister has done this before and it told us we're like 60% Gujarati and like a whole bunch of other stuff. So I told them this, I'm like, I've literally done it before. Like, it's very possible to know your ancestry from your, literally your spit. And then they go, hmm, I don't know. Oh my God. Um. Anyways, so what was I saying? Yeah, yeah, so I'm like, it's very possible. And they're like not believing me, even though I've told them I've done it before. So then I Google it. I'm like, look, and they go, oh, okay, maybe she's right. Like, they couldn't even put their fat male egos aside to say, yeah, you're right. Like, they couldn't even fully admit it. Mm. Ego is a big thing. Ego ego is a massive thing. And especially the male ego. It's Because if used right, it can be a very powerful tool. Mm -hmm. It's very powerful. It's very motivating. It's something that, it's that never, you know, never die attitude. It's that I have to be the best. It's very... um, Almost, it's very um, prehistoric, actually. It's in us that, like, we had to be the survival of the fittest. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, it's a huge thing in my family that I have a massive ego. And I, yeah, <laughs> I've been working on that. <laughs> so, um, with me, ego, I wasn't always someone who, who showed her ego very front. And again, I'll tell you, I was a very private person. And to an, to an extent, I still am. I mean, there's not a lot of that people maybe know, know about me in my personal life. What I I like to let them, what people know is what I let them know. It's a very interesting thing, you know, it's, it's quite very, very philosophical, you know, mm-hmm. where you're like, you know. So with that, with ego, but there was something that ego was something I felt very, and because I used to play sports, I used to play for school. And I remember ego was used to be when I used to get dropped to the bench or when I didn't, when I wasn't playing starting five, or when I didn't score these many points. That's when ego helped. But ego didn't help was when someone was getting better grades than me. And I, and I wanted them to fail. And I wanted them to work. I wanted them to get less than me without yeah. actually putting in the effort. Yeah, yeah. That's, when, that's when ego can... And ego can really take you up. Ego can oh, completely... Sure. Be, can, it can make you do things you would never do. It can ruin relationships with people. Ruin relationships. Ruin relationships with women. Women. With any sort of female relationship families mm-hmm. completely and i've seen that firsthand as well mm-hmm. also I'm, I'm not gonna lie my stomach is growling can i ask you one last question and then wrap yes, it up? And let's meet you to head as well also okay. i'm also okay right. i want to know who your favorite person on this entire planet is who my favorite person except mm-hmm. me but except uh, me. <laughs> a bunch of them there favorite person you can only choose one no cheating all right, leave my parents. Parents aren't counted. Okay, okay. Um, so do we exclude family? Um, no, it could be a family member. Mom and dad would be too conventional. Yeah, too way too. I have so I have two three which I can't really distinguish because everyone has a very mean impact on my life. Okay. One was my, my elder brother. He was a huge inspiration to me. And because of this, so there was there were times because he was really good at school, because he was really like he was always forefront of things, he was always the go-getter type. And so I always I knew I always had an expectation that I was there. And oh. then slowly by slowly, when people stopped calling me Ansh's younger brother and people know me as Aman Mathur, 
that's when I'm like, you know, I'm, I made it. I made it. Yeah. Second is, um, uh, second is uh, one of my cousins back home. Her name is Kev and she's doing psychology. She's doing a master's in psychology. And she, she's just such a wonderful person, but she's someone who, who's very fiery. Who's like, she fights for what she believes in. She's, she's argumentative, but I love that about her because she, she, she won't let anyone get the best of her. And that's something I really respect. She taught me to fight for what you really believe in. And that's something that I totally. And, I, and third is my, um, oh, shit, there are many. Third is my family friend in India as well. Her name is Akanksha, who used to be in Dubai as well with us. Mm-hmm. And so she, so there's a funny story with her because we have the same surname. So um, she was a part of the Wondish group that I talked about, the Portla group. She was such a positive influence on my life. And I remember I used to feel a bit jealous of her because she was so good. And she was everything I wanted to strive to. She was Aww. confident, she was outgoing, she was smart. She was really good with, with people. She could speak Hindi really well, which is a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. And, and from becoming jealous to her to actually appreciating the person she is has been a really interesting uh, transformation for me. And I really, really, really respect her. So with these- about you as a person that you could go from being, yeah. Good for you. For being someone so who, who never liked people to actually liking them. So that and that's where if I can do it, anyone can. And I'm not someone special. Trust me. I'm not someone special. I Even think you're I'm very special. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, uh, I think I'm you're special. I think you're special as well, Moham. You're you. very special. You're very nice. And I think we can end it here. Also, I wanted to say something. I'm so fucking proud of you. I don't know if anyone's told you this or not. I am proud of the person that you're becoming and you are going to become because the past is not the past. The past you is not what you actually are. The past you is not going to be the future you, right? Yeah. I'm proud of the person you have become. Uh, I'm so glad that we spent so much time and we will have even better memories moving yeah. forward. We, I think this is a friendship that will go last till the end, to be honest, of university. Because this is someone that's going to be like a first year and thing done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really excited that you're coming back to Pitman. Which is yang. Uh, also, when are you coming back? I'm thinking January 10th, but we'll see. If you need help shifting, you know who to ask. Um, so I'm proud of you. I'm so happy of the person you are. You're going the right direction. However, bored or anything, you know, I'm always there to listen. Just a message away. Thank you so much, Maham Malik, for coming. I like to say your full name. That's in the <laughs> thank, you, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much, Maham, for coming on the Building Bridges podcast. And I think this did go a little too long, but I loved it. You're an amazing person. All love from my side to you, to Muskan, to your mom, to your younger brother also. Yeah. Uh, who, well, Lord, who's quite mature for his age, which not bad. And uh, yeah, so just love to all of you, to your family. Hopefully the next time I come, I'm not in a nurse costume. And I come properly. Or if I am, you know, to be honest, it's a running gag at this point. Anyway. Yeah. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you so much. Now, please get some food. <laughs> please get some food right now. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Hope you, I hope you enjoyed it, though. So, yeah. I really did. Genuinely, I had so much fun. I wanted to keep going, but I can literally hear my stomach growling. Yeah, I, I can also hear your stomach growling as well. Actually, <laughs> that's embarrassing. <laughs> no, I, no, I shouldn't have told you. But yeah, we're past that relationship. We, we've spoken about too much. So yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Maham, for coming on the broadcast. And ciao. Bye.